you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hand off Barkley, cuts off the right side, he's to the 40. There goes Barkley, 25-20, 15-10-5, touchdown, Saquon Barkley, 50 yards. David, football, football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Oh yeah, number 26 times two up in New York City for all you pro football fans that live up there in the tri-state area. Saquon Barkley, shouldering the load in 2019, it would seem. And so, too, is his counterpart who wears uh, the green and white. We're going to talk about all of that upcoming with uh, one of the great uh, news guys or breaking news guys. We'll figure out what we're supposed to call him. It's our pal Mike Garofolo coming up to talk about both of those New York teams and all the stuff that's going on in free agency. Here in week two, interesting stuff continues to happen pretty much by the hour in the NFL. Meantime, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program presented by Zaxby's famous fingers, wings and salads. Uh, You hear a voice there seated uh, to Mm -hmm. my immediate left here in Studio 66. It is the Hall of Famer in fantasy terms here at NFL Media. It's Michael Fabiano. How are we, Fabs? Good, man. It's been a wild couple of weeks, huh? I know. I saw that uh, you got blocked by Antonio Brown. What's up with that? I don't I don't. What does Antonio Brown care what I think about him? He doesn't like mean, you know, he doesn't. What's mean? He didn't like it. It's fact. Big Ben was mean to him. Uh, the one time and he didn't even follow me. So like he had to see, and he got mad at that. And now he's lives it. Now he's in the East Bay in a much better football situation. I think we can all agree. Right. Well, I think he probably <laughs> saw me on TA suggest that he wouldn't be a top 10 receiver in Buffalo because it's Buffalo. Of I course he wouldn't know. have been. We'll get into some fantasy stuff with Fabiano here in March Madness. Even though the college basketball tournament is upon us, Fabiano's madness is that he can never take fantasy football off his brain for four (laughs) minutes. So we're going to get into that right now. Let's get uh, to the guy who I mentioned uh, at the top there just a second ago, Mike Garofolo. You're listening to David Damashek. You're listening to David Damashek. You're listening to David Damashek. Here he is, one of the best information guys in all uh, pro football. I wonder if that's a good uh, way to describe you. Breaking news guy. Anywho, let's call him our pal. It's Mike Garofolo. What's happening, fella? What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me. I believe this is my maiden check. It is? Right here, so, yeah. 
Well, we've Fired done up. stuff. I, I guess we've done stuff on the various <coughs> platforms, as they call them, around NFL media. But anywho, then welcome to you to the DDFP. Then uh, and apologies for the belated uh, invitation. I thought you'd already visited us. Um, so listen, you happen to be in one of the most talked about uh, parts of football America right now, and not just because it's the most populous area. The New York Jets and the New York Giants in the news for what I what it seems to me the the highs and lows of of pro football free agency period yes both brought together um by the empire state building even though they play their ball in a different state <laughs> anyhow um what first of all is are people talking about i'm curious up in new york is the buzz that wait the jets are now making savvier personnel decisions than the, than big blue are you seeing people walk across the screen or you have ghosts in the studio? Is that something that like that? Yeah, there? something like that. Make yeah. sure I'm not yeah. going Haley Joe Osmond on you. No, no. We're uh, a high end <laughs> operation all the way through. And, and at any moment, a giant piece of glass may fall off the wall just off camera here and crash loudly. But he was wearing black, like, because that's what you want your stagehands to wear. So you can't see them. Anyway, what was the question? <laughs> I just I, I, I'm curious if what I mean, that, that wasn't even an attempt to go go under the camera there. <laughs> He just walked right across the frame. Where's, 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 the, where's the professionalism? You look like one of those ghosts in the movie Ghost that comes to get one of the that comes to get the bad guys, not the nice ones that comes to get you. Anyhow, I'm sorry for that. I, I feel You're embarrassed. Good. I'm red in the face, uh, Garofolo. This isn't what I wanted. Um, no. So is is the buzz that uh, Mikey Mack is now savvier than Dave Gettleman because, I mean, uh, the last week or so, everybody is saying, what's Gettleman doing? You know, I, I don't know that, that McCagnan has taken a step up yet. It, that you're going to have to see the results there. I think the jury is still out. And I thought I'd catch more excitement from Jets fans. Hmm. I mean, I, you know, yeah, they're, oh, okay, we're going to be competitive, but... I don't know that they really feel like it was all money well spent. I mean, C.J. Mosley just absolutely blew the lid off the middle linebacker market, which was 12 and change, 12.6, I want to say. And then the Ravens said, well, we're not going to pay him 15 on a tag. And then he hits the market and gets 17 per year with 43 fully guaranteed. So I think a lot of Jets fans were saying, eh, I don't know about that one. So I, I you know, there, there's – shockingly some cautious optimism from Jets fans. They don't usually dip the toe in. They usually dive head first and then they hit their head in the bottom of the pool because it's the shallow end. You know how it works. Um, but but the Gettleman stuff, I mean, uh, Dave's just getting peppered left and right. Um, and the one thing, if you, if you don't know about Dave Gettleman before this, you know now. He doesn't care. I mean, hmm. he, he marches to the beat of his own drum. He has a plan. I don't know exactly what that plan is, but he has a plan and he's going to he's going to stick to it. I, I do feel like they are trying their best to stay competitive while rebuilding. But the, the rebuilding is starting. It, it does. I, I'll make a comparison between the two teams. So McCagnan takes over. They're sort of competitive. They try and reload and try and stay competitive. Then they go, ah, you know what? We got to strip this thing to the studs. And Todd Bowles was the sacrificial lamb and all of that. The Giants aren't stripping to the studs. They want to try and see if they can just, you know, remodel a little bit. Well, I get your skepticism. And uh, it, it seems like uh, that's the the prevailing uh, opinion mm -hmm. right now about what the Giants are trying to do. But maybe I'm uh, am I naive to think that after talking and maybe overly influenced by uh, our mutual pal Sean O'Hara, that maybe there is some logic to that in the NFC East, based on as I always say, within your division, you either keep up with the Joneses or you zig when the rest of the division is zagging. And given the construct of the Eagles and what they have at the line at their respective lines of scrimmage and same thing with the Cowboys assuming they bring Tank Lawrence back and you know who knows uh, if they add some pieces around there as well we hear those rumors floating around mm -hmm. but it doesn't it make some sense that if you have uh, Saquon Barkley 
And and my opinion is, uh, by the way, Garofolo, that your prime at this point, as Levy and Bell just proved, that your prime as a running back in the NFL in the 21st century is the duration of your first contract. After that, it's a wild card. So if you use the second overall to get Saquon Barkley, who is the real deal, that you wouldn't just burn away his sophomore year right his, right in the middle of what uh, what is his prime. Can't they? They've already addressed the offensive line. They can further build that up and be competitive in a division that has a lot of question marks, even with the Eagles. You don't know what Carson Wentz is going to do. Now that Nick Foles is gone, he's going to be in the eye of the storm in the local media and with the uh, with the uh, with the locals there but not as good as Nick Foles he won the Super Bowl anyhow respond I'm going to start with Saquon because I think you made an important point there um, or, or touched upon it I, I truly no one has explicitly told me this but push comes to shove I think I'm right on this one Saquon's thing is positivity. He's on the sideline telling his offensive lineman, hold your blocks, do what you're doing. If you just do this, I'm going to pop it. You saw that on the mic'd up portion of the uh, Washington Redskins game, called a shot, basically. It also happened a couple of weeks before that when they lost to the Eagles on Thursday night at home. Uh, he actually said, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, somebody told me this on the sideline. Uh, I'm going to make a play to change the game. And he goes for a 50-yard touchdown. Hmm. Now, it didn't change the game because he was the only one working anything for the Giants that night. Uh, But his thing is positivity. And Beckham, when it goes south, it's negativity, negativity, negativity. And even the positivity is charged with negativity, if that makes any sense. Um, So I truly believe that part of this for the Giants was – we're going to make this guy our leader. And you very rarely see that in the NFL. You very rarely see an, a running back be a leader of a team because even the best running backs who stay with a team for a while, Adrian Peterson comes to mind. You never thought of him as a leader of the Vikings. Uh, he was just a guy trying to get his yardage and do what he did. And if it helped the team, great, awesome. So I, I, I think it's a unique situation. And I think I, they threw a lot in his corner there. Uh, by by moving Beckham and and putting everything around him. I mean, even from a marketing standpoint, now Saquon is your face, your unquestioned face. Eli Manning is there, but he's he's not the guy anymore. He's never been a real leader anyway. He's not a vocal guy. So uh, I think that was just a huge part of it. And they're going to build a lot of their offense around what they do. Now, the other half of this is, and I mentioned this on air the day after the trade, There is some thought in the Giants building that their offense runs better when Odell Beckham is not there because they feel like they need to force things through him, whether to keep him happy or because that's the guy that we design a lot of things for or he makes plays to bail us out and blah, 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 whatever. Um, I'm not going to say that they're a better team without uh, Odell Beckham. I don't even think that they would, but I do think there's a part of them saying, okay, now we're going to run an offense versus get out on the field and try to get a guy to make plays for us. It's well, it's funny. Obviously, you know, I hail from the banks of the three rivers and keep my eye on all things black it. and gold. And I do think that uh, there there is something to looking at how uh, things have shaken out in the last three, four months with uh, with Antonio Brown and the Steelers and saying that's the same gathering storm that we have in our building. And uh, and and uh, let's avoid that. Let's get in front of it before it all goes down and becomes an embarrassment for us. I wonder if that's part of their thinking, because to your point, in terms of if you go back and watch, you can certainly see that Roethlisberger is forcing the ball in certain situations to Antonio Brown because of the belly aching. So anyway, that'll be interesting to see. I also think, as I say, that they're not identical. They're not mirror images, but I do think that there could be, if, if you buy that the Cowboys of 2018 were a team that could make a run to the Super Bowl, then it, I, I, it seems overly cynical to say that the Giants couldn't be a contender in the NFC East in 2019. I'm not suggesting that the offensive line as constituted is as good as uh, the Cowboys was, but they have upgraded it already. They still stand a chance to do more of that. And don't you buy Eli Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram over what the 2018 Cowboys were fielding around Zeke Elliott and Golden Tate. I mean, I, I think they overpaid right. for Golden Tate, but I think that they were okay with pay, overpaying for Golden Tate because it was a safe bet. Like if they had gone out and signed Tyrell Williams, okay, who was a big body receiver, shown the ability to run past guys, make contested catches, Tyrell Williams very well could wind up being a number one wide receiver in this league. But he might also might the bottom might fall out. Maybe his production was propped up by the fact that he was playing in a really good offense with Philip Rivers. 
Golden Tate, you pretty much know what you're going to get, but mm-hmm. you're not going to get a number one from Golden Tate. So I, I truly believe that that was their, hey, look, this is a safe play. We'll have to give him a little more than maybe we want to, but he'll be able to produce for us. He'll keep us competitive. He'll play off the running game a little bit. Um, so I, I believe that that was part of it. So you, you've got to figure that they're competitive. I just don't, you know, Evan Ingram, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, who's the guy on the outside that's going to be – your number one. I mean, I, I, it would have been Odell Beckham. Yes, I get that. Uh, but I, I feel like a lot of these guys are sort of starting to work the same part of the field here. And I, I just, I don't know. That's why I can't sit there and say, okay, they're a Super Bowl contender because I just don't look at the the different dimensions that they have. But they're going to run the football. They're going to try and play off of that. That's what the Cowboys try to do. Um, I, 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 I figure they're going to be better. You've got to figure they're going to be better. That sounds crazy to say that when you look at the fact that they took away one of the best players, not just receivers, one of the best players in the NFL in Odell Beckham. But I, I, I do think that they're going to be competitive. Now, if they're around 500, okay, now what are we doing? What are we doing at the quarterback position? Did we just draft a guy, which they very well may do? Uh, are, are we moving forward with that guy in 2020 instead of Eli Manning? These are the questions that are going to lead you uh, toward where this team is actually going. But in the short term, I, you know, I've got them around 8-8. Eight and eight. I got them as a competitive team that could steal a game here or there. I just, I just can't put them on that next level. Um, okay, just a couple more things for you. And just to clarify, I don't, just so I don't get called a cuckoo bird, I'm not saying the Giants are mm-hmm. Super Bowl contenders. I think as sure. they look right now, and let's see what the draft uh, yields for them, I think they can be competitive in the NFC East. That's as far as I'll go right now. Um, yeah. Do you anticipate? My my game is reckless speculation. You work on fact, but uh, my my way is easier. I'll ask you to come over to my side. Best guess, you could make a case that they'll flip one of those firsts or maybe a second to get Josh Rosen. Maybe they could combine those two. Eddie Spaghetti back there behind the glass says, what if they go and combine those two and jump up for the blockbuster and get uh, Kyler Murray? Who knows? Maybe even Russell Wilson. Will any of those things happen? Or is Eli Manning the starting quarterback and the only viable quarterback in uh, in wearing a big blue jersey in 2019? My, my first thought was when they've got six and 17, oh boy, they're going to combine them and they're going to move up here. I don't think they're going to do that. I could see them packaging six and something else to slide up. Maybe that's the three or maybe it's a, something like that, that they slide up in the top ten. Excuse me. Sorry, Empire State Building. Almost, almost had a Godzilla-like moment over, there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't I don't think – just, just because of hearing Dave Gettleman talk about the importance of multiple picks, especially in the first round, to build what you really want to do, I can't imagine all of a sudden now he's going to go from two to one again. Um, could be wrong. Could eat these words. Um, but I, I do see them being active to get from six up to there. And listen, we've talked about the 40 uh, – excuse me, other people have talked about the 49ers – being in the running uh, for the Odell uh, Beckham sweepstakes here. They're, they did talk to them briefly. It just never seemed like it ever got close from what I was told. Uh, the goal there would have been to get to number two uh, for San Francisco, which you'd think that was designed to get them uh, a quarterback there. So I, I could see them still being active and sliding up from six. Uh, I just don't see them getting rid of both of those right there. I will, if I had to wildly speculate, boy, I can see the tweet now already. If I had to wildly speculate, I would say Russell Wilson to the Giants in 2020 would be the most of the uh, wild speculation that I would attach myself to. The most likely. That's very fun. All right. 2019. What does Adam Gase mean? What does Levy and Bell? By the way, again, I have to, you know, Jamison Crowder to me. In, you know, if, if you think about a play breaks down where Sam Darnold at his best when he's on the move out of the pocket yeah. play breaks. Jamison Crowder seems about an ideal fit for that sort of uh, um, uh, playing. And, you know, with left bell back there, I mean, the offensive line is in question. But, you know, C.J. Mosley now, do, do you, uh, is it uh, are, do you think the Jets fans are tempering expectation because the Patriots happen to still be in their uh, in their division? I don't know why they are. I, I, you know, I, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just the guys that I'm talking to. Uh, maybe it was the Anthony Barr situation when that fell through, that they kind of <laughs> took a little wind yeah. out of their sails uh, a little bit. It's, it, I it, woke it's up and possible. realized I was about to sign with the New York Jets. Oh my goodness. What was that? Yeah, that was not a good look. Yeah. Uh, I, I would actually, by the way, I, from what I gather that happened 15 minutes after he agreed. So it was almost like an instantaneous reaction huh. of, 
hey, you know what? Call them back. I think I'm having – and then he slept on it overnight. So at least they, they had – you know, it, it wasn't just a snap decision either way. Um, I don't think they're done yet making moves potentially for a pass rusher. They wanted to use Barr in that situation. Um, they have talked to other teams that have pass rushers potentially regarding some trades. I don't think they're close on any of those yet. Once we get toward the draft, maybe something like that happens. Uh, so all of a sudden, if you have that, now that's a dimension that really dictates a lot of things on your defense. Okay. You can, it dictates what kind of coverage you can play in the back end. If you've got a guy who can rush the passer, Jets have just been looking for a guy to rush the passer. They've had guys on the inside, but not an edge rusher. I mean, it's just every time they drafted a guy, oh, this is going to be the guy. And this guy, Vernon Golston's going to be the guy. And somebody's, I mean, they, they badly still need that. I think that's the one thing the Jets are missing to really make them a competitive team. And they're trying to make it happen. And if they can make it happen, now all of a sudden, you know what? I'd be telling my Jet fan friends, I think you got a lot of pieces now to actually be a competitive team. So we'll see if that winds up happening. Well, how about, you know, who knows with D Ford now going to San Francisco, maybe Nick Bosa, just like Sam Darnold a year ago, maybe Nick Bosa falls to the Jets and there's your uh, pass rusher for him. You know what? It could very well wind up happening. They could also use that third third pick. They're interested in falling back to if they want to trade uh, to get back there. Maybe they don't want one of these guys to get an established guy. Whatever you got to do uh, if you're the New York Jets. I think I think they're in a position now where they've got a little bit of flexibility. They filled up some holes. All right, now let's let's see them go for the kill. Let's really say. We are going to be a competitive team. We want to be a competitive team now. Let's not forget Adam Gase uh, pulled a pretty good turnaround down in Miami uh, a couple of years ago. That was all before the crazy eyes stuff. Is the uh, Are those edge rushers that now are in the phase of uh, one-year prove-it deals, that's where you could get your edge rusher. Are the edge rushers of 2019 equivalent to the 2018 safeties? It's weird how many big-name guys are still out there right now. What do we have? We have Clay Matthews still out there, though. Actually, by the time we actually air this thing, that may be done. Uh, he's Justin he's talking Houston to a couple is of, there. Shane Justin Ray Houston is, is interesting at twenty five to me. I, I think Houston and Matthews, I think, are more certainly more proven there. But you're right. I mean, and the fact that Houston isn't signed yet is kind of a surprise for me. I sense that there was some momentum late last week toward that happening. Um, Matthews is right now. Matthews was. You know, there was talk, does he want to stay close to his home in Southern California? Does he want to play in the Coliseum in 2019 again? He's mm. played some football there before, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what winds up happening with Clay Matthews. But, yeah, there are options out there. There's no question. The, the thing that I was referring to with the Jets was, as far as the guys that they were looking at to trade for, were guys early in their career. All right, we're bringing them in. We're giving them an extension. We've got a Khalil Mack type, not a mm-hmm. Khalil Mack type, but a Khalil Mack type deal where we make a trade for a guy and all of a sudden here, here's our pass rusher for the next five, six, hopefully more years uh last thing let's stay in the afc east then and uh, and those miami dolphins and they're cl- they're plainly tanking they're they're not but it's also it's very much like major league and you remember tom Berenger rallied everybody the grizzled old vet ryan fitzpatrick you brought him in he's gonna rally those guys but by the way imagine getting that call hey we want to be terrible this year you're our guy ryan fitzpatrick you <laughs> we think you give us a better chance of being really bad than ryan Tannehill does Right. That's that's got to be a little humiliating, even though they're giving you a lot of money for doing it. You know what, though? It's a great country. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> just continues to find gigs. And you know, maybe maybe he runs out on the field week one with an American flag just because, you know, the old <laughs> the old uh, what's his name? Yakov Shmirnov. Vada country. You know yes. what I mean, Ryan so true. Fitzpatrick. So I, God bless him. But I, I, I'm down for it. It'll it'll be it at least adds a fun factor. Like like Teddy Bridgewater, bless his heart. You know, had he been the guy down there, okay, fine. At least with Fitz, it's like okay, maybe they come out of the gate and they go two and zero, and we go okay, here we go again. And he's got the chains and the the the, the chest hair hanging out, whatever he wants to do. You know, he's gonna have fun with it. So it's about all you can look for from the Dolphins in 2019. This is a team that's looking to 2020 and beyond. oh yeah. So the only question is, are they three and one or four and zero by the end of September? <laughs> There's no question about that. I question the wisdom of it though. That we because I've been calling for this now we are just about there garofolo qb saturation we are nearly at 32 for 32 teams having a viable quarterback i didn't say a great Don't one fall for it the don't word, fall for we it. are very they're, close 
Jerry Reese, the former Giants general manager, back when Jerry Reese was considered a, a, a smart guy. Now a lot of people think that you know he 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 tailed off toward his the back end. But he always used to tell me, Mike, do you think there's really 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL? He says, never think that there are. Okay, and I said, you know what, Jerry, you got a really good point. And his point was not to knock those guys, but that when you have one, you do everything you can to surround them and and make them succeed in his prime. I know what you're saying, Sheck. I'm looking at the league right now, and we probably have one. Well, no, not one. I mean, Fitzpatrick just filled it. I mean, we've got no unsettled quarterback situations, but five, six weeks into the league, somebody's getting benched. Somebody that you thought was established is going to be gone. Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians, who knows, the honeymoon might be over at some point. Just pin pin this All video right, right we here. Will, listen, through. I have been as skeptical. I, I always lament that in a world of 7 billion people that we can't find 32 people to play quarterback effectively, but we're just about there, Garofolo. And to your to your point, finally, about you hold on like grim death to a guy, not just because you're paying him 20-plus million, but because he's actually worth that, given the cap hit and otherwise. Ben Roethlisberger, this to me, where do you come down on this? Yes, oh, Dave is biased. If I'm so biased about, like, oh, wouldn't I want Levy and Bell and Antonio Brown still around? Why I'm not defending one side or the other. I wish they were all still on the team. Those are good players. However, I do feel obliged to mount some defense because at some point this thing has crossed over into Ben Roethlisberger being the martyr for all high-end quarterbacks um, of the last 15 or 20 years. I mean, the slings and arrows are getting a little bit ridiculous. All the conspiracy theories and all the, the stories dug up from half a decade ago by also ran guys who spent three minutes in the building. How say you on, on uh, where Roethlisberger is in the perception of who he is as a leader? And by the way, to tie it back to where we started this conversation, just because you're the quarterback does not require that you be the leader of the whole locker room. Who are these people? Who are these mythical people that people that that, that fans and otherwise keep holding up as the true leader of men? Brett Favre and Tom Brady. And who else? Like Drew Brees and and uh, Aaron Rodgers? Does he command the respect of everyone in the lives? He is he giving rallying speeches before the games? Is Drew Brees beloved by every teammate he's ever had? I mean, what what gives here? I don't know where to start there. I mean, I just I, I, I have a chip I, on my shoulder on his behalf because I'm a vain guy. And if somebody were if people were repeatedly taking me down, I would feel obliged to to fight back. And Roethlisberger, if nothing else, in deference to the team and the team needs, has kept perfectly quiet about it. And I think he deserves at least a little bit of credit for that, for not saying, yeah, but what about when Antonio Brown did this? He hasn't done that once. Well, I think it was easy for us to paint Brown as the crazy guy, right? I mean, the wide receiver, the diva, that's an easy one for people to throw. So it must be him. He must be the problem. Um, and yeah, the guy's got a blonde mustache. He does crazy videos by the pool. It's like, okay, this is all good. Thank God that guy is gone now. Okay. Mm -hmm. But now if you've got a little bit of consternation, if you've got a little bit of, um, chemistry imbalance, I mean, whatever you want to call it this upcoming season, then the spotlight goes to Ben. And then people from afar will say, you see, mm -hmm. we told you Ben was the problem. It wasn't the other guy that you thought was crazy. Ben's the problem. So I would say it's a pivotal year for Roethlisberger to get this team back on track, playing good football, and, and get the chemistry of this team back. Look, it's the Steelers. The coach is kind of a little bit out there. You know, they're okay with it. They're okay with having personalities. They've always been okay with having personalities. Joey Porter, for the love of God. So I, I don't think you're ever going to see a buttoned-up Pittsburgh Steelers locker room, certainly not in the short term here. Uh, but as long as everybody seems to be rowing in the same direction, that's what you're going to want from the Steelers in 2019. Uh, and that's what you're going to want from Ben Roethlisberger as the leader. Yeah, I hear you. For a guy, though, a decade and a half in who's never had a losing season and uh, playing under the premise of not being the locker room leader at any point, uh, it's a weird um, charge to make that that's not what he is. Yeah, well, he got the three Super Bowls letting other guys, and I think Cam Hayward and Marquise Pouncey are more than capable of stepping up and doing that. To last, last thing, and this is it in a quick answer from you, they're pot committed at this point to Roethlisberger. You say Mike Tomlin. If let's say they go seven and nine, will that be his head? Tomlin or Roethlisberger? Tomlin. 
I think we're close. I think we're close. Yeah. I would say seven and nine. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that prediction. I, I, I got to see how they get to seven and nine. But sitting here right now, seven and nine in a vacuum, I think it could be the end of Talmud. Yep. Boy, why is it taking so long? You're positively delightful, Garofalo, just as you are off camera. Um, we appreciate the time, all the insight and everything else. And uh, see, maybe we could check back in because we got to figure out Indama can sue. we got a lot of big ticket items still to figure out there. In the meantime, thanks so much, Garofalo. We appreciate it. You got it, big guy. Thanks, Shaq. You're listening to David. Spaghetti, how does that make you feel now that it's all done? The most interesting thing that Garofalo said there was uh, out of all the questions you asked him, hey, is it going to be Rosen? Is it going to be just Eli? Is it going to be maybe they try to bring it Kyle Murray? Is it Haskins? He said that he would attach his name to next year them signing Russell Wilson, which to me just blows my mind. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, why wow. wait till 2020 when you can do it in the here and now, especially when you have picks four and 17? And if there really is any sort of discord there in Seattle, I don't know. Is it crazy? I mean, it would have been crazy three or four years ago. But in the NFL, when you see Khalil Mack get traded on the eve of the season and Levy and Bell declare on the eve of the season, I'm not going to show up and moves like that. Who knows what uh, what's impossible at this? I know. Point. I mean, who saw OBJ's trade coming? Although Jay Glazer, a lot of I, I feel Jay well, Glazer saw that one coming. But I mean, when when it came out, it was like, whoa. It wasn't like completely unbelievable, but it was like that was my first reaction was like, wow, the Browns are all in, man. Like they just got an elite wide receiver on their roster. Um, but th that's what makes like the NFL. It's so great because not only is the regular season and playoffs obviously tremendous, but now because you remember you've been a football fan for a long time. The offseason used to be just boring. It was nothing. Well, now it was it's just draft, tremendous. And that was it. There is no better offseason than the NFL now. Baseball, basketball, uh. Oh, it's yeah, all football. No, yeah. I don't think there's any question. It's, it doesn't no make doubt. a difference what's happening in any other sport. You're the the NFL is always at the top of the What news. was the what, sometimes was, for things that you wouldn't necessarily want to be at the Because top. remember there was but never the, any trades in the NFL. I think the first big I'd, one was was Portis was uh was Champ Bailey for Portis, right? When we started Way doing back this when. show nine years ago, I, I I used to lament the one thing that it lacks versus the other big time sports is uh, is uh, trades that no big names ever got dealt. That right. is, I mean because girl, I mean it was Herschel Walker was a big name, but that was the exception that yeah. proved the rule. Now here we are. It seems like we get a couple of big trades at least uh, every year. Now let's get into. So let's start. To, we're talking about hot stuff already. Let's get into it then. Zaxville's hot takes presented by Zaxby's famous fingers wings and salads and for this segment as usual my name is Zave Zamashek and uh, oh, Michael man. Fabiano will give you the honors let's do it from a fantasy perspective uh -huh. I'll start it off with it with a softball before you provide a hot take tell me this we talk about those two New York based running backs now the two feature backs both wearing number 26 up there for if that's intriguing to you I don't know if it is but I I don't know why it stands out to me but anyhow which 26 has the superior fantasy season in 2019? Should well, Zay, that would be Saquon Barkley because Zaquan. he is my number Zaquan Barkley because he is my number one overall pick for 2019. How many touches is he going to get? As many as he can handle. I mean, we're talking about a guy who could see 400 plus touches in that offense without Odo Beckham Jr. We know he can do it all. He can catch. He can run. The guy makes plays. And if you look at his fantasy points with and without OBJ, it wasn't a huge discrepancy. Average about 21 without him was around 25 with him. And the Giants are going to be all dink and duck, small ball kind of stuff. They don't have that deep threat anymore. Saquon's going to be... Well, we be, haven't had the draft yet, but I hear say, I, but I mean, you know... Could be Marquise Brown with the 17th for all we know. That would be that would be an interesting selection. There. Yeah. Sean O'Hara told us last week that they're going to go line of scrimmage, which makes a, a, a lot of sense, as we just discussed who's there your, with Garofolo. Your, your quarterback throwing him the ball deep, though? Listen... I think that, as I said earlier, Eli Manning is like most human beings, even the ones that are capable of succeeding in the NFL, 
almost every single one of them with uh, a handful of guys. And this is really as much as anything what distinguishes the truly high-end quarterbacks in in uh, football now versus the guys that are merely good. Mm-hmm. The guys that can survive and thrive behind subpar offensive lines. Those guys are Rodgers, yep. Brady, Roethlisberger, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, maybe Kyler Murray, guys who can run around and use their athleticism in the first year or two yep. of their career can kind of negate crummy O lines. We saw Russell Wilson do that for a long time. Yes, sir. Um, behind some bum O lines, and maybe they're fixing it up a little bit right now. Um, but uh, I, I, I am willing to accept. I know it's uh, it's a laughable offense to commit to to most football fans at this point. But I would not be stunned. And by the way, I do still think Eli Manning, whether you like it or not, is going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. He has two rings. Well, he, Numbers are going to be hard yeah, to impugn when he's all done. One, two titles. Right. But I mean, there is the example of Jim Plunkett. But still, mm-hmm. um, he, he likely is going to the Hall of Fame. But I, I'm not willing to concede that, yeah, it's over for Eli just because he's been bad for the last couple of years. Phil Rivers had a couple of of um, subpar seasons there and then came back when you surrounded him with some talent and put and protected him just a little bit. But you've now, if you you've do that now decreased Eli. the level of talent that Eli has around him. I mean, that's another thing that I, in fantasy terms, I want Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham. And in real terms, as a Steelers fan, I would like in in a perfect uh, world. I wish Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell were on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course. But they belly Fantasy owners they, do as well. They force their way, uh, respectively, out of town into different situations now. But uh, you do not what is what is. Uh, abundantly clear in the 21st century is that you don't know. I'm not the first one to throw that out, or maybe I am Eddie spaghetti. I maybe I am the first one to throw that out. I, cause I threw, I started slinging that heat uh, five years ago, at least that this thing about like, Oh, we got to get Randy Moss or we got to get Julio Jones or whoever you want to float out there. There's no correlation between winning Super Bowls and having, uh, having a guy like that in the last 15 years, mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski is a tight end and a difference maker. And one of the great pass catchers pro football's ever seen, but uh, you know, Victor Cruz was the best giant when they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. That's- I, th- I think the last Hall of Fame level, Hall of Fame caliber receiver to win was Marvin Harrison with the Colts. I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying that you that it uh, that it obviously puts a cap on your ability to win, but um, you, it, it's certainly not a requirement. And to Sean O'Hara's point last week that I keep leaning on, what does make a difference clearly is how you perform at the lines of scrimmage. Sure. Um, both sides, the Eagles really uh, stand out to me in the last couple of years is just dominating on both sides, uh, and that's how they got it done against uh, the Patriots and otherwise. All right, one more. See, that was a good – I gave you a softball about the running backs. Yep. Now let's get a, a an intermediate-level one. Okay. Odell Beckham with the Browns. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown with the Raiders, who has the better fantasy season. Fabiana. Odell Beckham Jr. Why? Uh, I didn't move him up in my rankings because he was already in the top five. Uh, quarterback upgrade. Baker Mayfield from the aging Eli Manning. That's enough for me to keep OBJ in my top five and move him up slightly in terms of maybe a top of the second round pick, right? The... Here, here's what scares me about it. Really? Brown. Oh, it's the top, top of the top second. of the second round. Dude, Sorry. running backs are going to dominate round one. Dominate. So if we're in a 10-team league, which is standard on NFL.com, two or three wide receivers. Two or three. or it, it'll At be, most, right? It'll be Nuke, Devontae Adams, maybe. If you don't like Adams and you like OBJ more, if you like Julio Jones more, some mix of those, those players. Michael Thomas as well. But OBJ will be a top of the second round pick. For the first time in a long time, Antonio Brown is not worth a first round pick. Hmm. And I'm not just saying that because he blocked me on Twitter. I'm saying that because only I look half the reason only half. I, I look at you go from Pittsburgh, 43 pass attempts per game last year, led the league. Oakland tied for 16th in pass attempts per game. Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame quarterback who had a ridiculous rapport with Antonio Brown. 28% of his pass attempts, 32% of his passing yards in the last five years went to Antonio Brown to Derek Carr, who has had a couple of good seasons, but he's almost always been below average in terms of yards per pass attempt. And he had a lot of protection in Pittsburgh. It'd be, I get it. He's great. I mean, we, you got Juju there. You got Le'Veon Bell. You've got a lot of protection there. In Oakland, what's he got? Well, Tyrell Williams does, uh, does maybe mean, uh, factor in. Okay. Uh, who's the, you know, I'm not making a case. Their running game right now is, is, is vacant. I mean, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. 
I don't know. Doug Martin's a free agent. They've got to do something in their backfield. So, and also keep in mind, AB had 15 touchdowns last year. Regression is coming. He could have eight to 10 in 2019. Would still be a good season, not a top five season. And I wouldn't be surprised if he finished with 12 or 1300 yards and somewhere around eight to 10 touchdowns. Nice season. Nice season. Not a monster season. But uh, here's, just, what, here's, it, here's it's just it's just not going to happen in Oakland like it like it would have again in Pittsburgh. Two points, Devils Damashek will make to that, and, and uh, Zamashek. You you're, you're, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah. Thank you for uh, staying. Yes, sir. On brand. Um, I think that uh, first of all, Antonio Brown. I, I always go back and forth, and I wonder if there is a proper. Um, clear-cut side to, to this debate. One, if you're the only worthy um, pass catcher in an NFL offense, does that help your fantasy value or does it hurt it? Because obviously every defense, more than he's ever seen before, more than he saw in 2018 or otherwise, they're going to roll all coverage over to 84 when they go up against the Raiders. So you figure, but he is going to get a million targets. I mean, that that be oh, no. part of the premise. Dude, he's going to be a target the pig. They're I mean, going to no force feed him. Oh, there's no doubt. So, about so, so that makes me think AB is going to get his. That's no why he's still what. in my top six. They're going to have to feed him Got the ball. To. Like he but, would, or else face the same issue that the Steeler. He's going to bellyache. If it's week 10 and they're, you know. This is exactly what I was just going to bring up. And, if they're this two is exactly eight, what I was going to bring up. If they're 2-8 and eight and he's not getting his, he'll be perfectly fine as long as he's getting his targets. That's been made clear. Odell, conversely, is going to a place where I know it's his old pal from LSU, Jarvis Landry, but Jarvis Landry in in his career also likes to touch the ball quite a bit. Odell likes to. One of those runners back there, let's assume for the first half of the season, at least it's only Chubb, but Duke Johnson also is is a factor. There are more, you know, there's Hollywood Higgins. There are guys on that team that are in in Joku. I mean, you got to feed those. And, And the other thing is too, I know Freddie Kitchens did a nice job um, coordinating the offense in the second half of the season, but we don't know his ability to manage all these big personalities. All these things could implode on Cleveland. Yeah. Remember a few seasons ago, Philadelphia, when they signed everybody like Namdi Asamoah, everyone thought they were going to the Super Bowl. What happened to that team? (laughs) Well, there's no guarantee for success when you sign a whole bunch of Big name superstar here is, players. Here's the difference, though, to defend the or to or to go against the point I made about that. I don't know if it'll implode or not, but the one thing they do have going for them that uh, Joe Thomas name drop uh, pointed <laughs> out that the that the difference is that uh, that the that this core is together for the next three years, mm-hmm. unless they blow it up themselves. It's they're under contract of the the big name guys for of the course. next three. Years. I, and I don't know that it. I, I don't think that it will implode. I mean, you never know. You get a bunch of big personalities and big egos together. I mean, we've seen it happen in the past in sports plenty of times, but what, what the, the funny thing is, uh, and, and I told this to, to uh, Scott Hansen, uh, we did a, a TA segment, name drop. right? Name drop. It's the first time I think, and this is my 20th year of doing fantasy football, wow. fantasy sports. I don't remember ever focusing one full segment just on the Cleveland Browns. I like, right, Eddie. I mean, so, so the, the last Trent Richardson, Right. For like one year. And then you go back to like Braylon Edwards and Derek Anderson. Right. Because they had that one big year together. But like when was the last time you were talking about the Browns having potentially a top five quarterback, a top five running back, a top five wide receiver in the same season? And that defense ain't no joke either after what they've added. Plus Njoku. Right. I I don't know that Njoku could be top five, but the dude is talented. I mean, there's no question about that. So. It's unbelievable what's going on. So, name drop. The Miz, I called him and said, did you hear what just happened? What? You guys just got Odell Beckham Jr. He's like, what? And he's like out of his mind. He goes, this is the best day of my life. That's a, like Browns fans. And God bless him. Mark Sessler, too. Our own Mark Sessler from uh, around the NFL. God, heck, the Browns fans have suffered for a long, I long, told, I told. long time. And I hope, and I know you're a Steelers fan, I hope the Browns have all the success in the world both from a statistical perspective and on that field 
It would be a great I story. Hope they have a it great, would be tremendous. I hope they have a great three years. I also hope they don't. Uh, I hope they lose to the Steelers and they of course the title you do three yeah. times in a row. Um, I, I also did have the occasion to talk with uh, Mark Sessler, Joe Thomas, and Andrew Siciliano, all yes, Browns fans. Yep. And uh, it was. I, it felt nice um, to be able to let them all know that I did look online, and there are still flights on Super Sunday uh. <laughs> available that will get you from Cleveland to Miami in time for kickoff. Did you so see? I think everybody better book it now because I mean did, it's it's all but been guaranteed. You hear Fabiano gushing. I didn't say guaranteed. Well, everybody's gushing. My pal Demarius Randall name drop. He it's threw out. Much. He threw out. Sorry. Uh, well, I mean, when I say Dave Damashek, I get name drop also. That tweet that he put out, I think it was last week, where it was basically the uh, the form to sign up for the Browns bandwagon. Hmm. Did you see that? I didn't see. It was it. great. It was awesome. Well, it was listen, awesome. it's nice. I mean, it's those nice guys to feel good. And by the way, media. again, people like to say you can't win. Uh, you can't win the Super Bowl in free agency. Well, you can kind of get a far. You can get pretty can help far your along. cause a heck of it a lot. Didn't, it used to help in the late nineties. Now, clearly, if you look back through teams that are getting to the Super Bowls, they are spending a right because teams season. used to win through the draft. I mean, right. now it's let's a lot get different. the Zaxby's to your hot take here, Fabiano. It all leads to this. Mm-hmm. Lay it on us. Well, I guess I've been gushing about the Browns. I may as well stick with the Browns. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield will be a top five fantasy quarterback mm-hmm. in 2019. That's pretty good. That's, that's that's because that's that's up there with right Mahomes, right, and Aaron Rodgers, right, and of course Russell Wilson, who we just mentioned, and Deshaun Watson. And we don't know and if Cam's going to continue. I have him ranked ahead of Cam. Okay, so that's How, yeah. that's the big one. Way ahead of Roethlisberger. Way ahead of Tom Brady. Sure. Yeah, those make sense. Those last couple, that would make sense. Here, here's a stat for you. Bold, yeah. So in the eight games that Baker started under Freddie Kitchens last season, if you put those numbers over a full 16, uh, 16 game campaign, he finishes with forty five hundred passing yards and around thirty eight touchdowns. A lot of and that's without Odell Beckham Jr. and 16, 18 picks somewhere in that range. But still, I hear you. I'll eat the 16, 18 picks. I'll give you a good wild touchdowns. And that's without OBJ. Everybody will swoon. Are you really going to do that? Yes. Hear me now. I don't even care what team he's on. Kyler Murray is going to be a good pick. Oh, dude. He's a good well, guy to take a flyer on. Get your guy here. who you want, who you're excited about. Oh, he's a vet. He always puts up points. But take a flyer on Kyler Murray because he's going to run around a lot. You assume, uh, We assume for the Cardinals, but we don't know. Let's yet. go back and look at some of the best yeah, that's always rookie quarterback season. Exactly. Right. Over the last like, I did decade that with Deshaun so. Watson and I was well on my way to Russell Wilson, Robert Griffin, the right. third Vince Young, Cam Newton. Andrew I mean, Luck. The, the list goes on. And Andrew Luck, Lamar Jackson last season. Once he took over, I mean, his rushing numbers alone. You forgot the you were forgot ridiculous. The greatest one of all, even though he wasn't a rookie or was he either way? I told you he was going to be huge in fantasy and you poo pooed it by the end of it. You were on board with Dave Damashek's bandwagon. Tim for, Tebow. For Tim Tebow. That's exactly <laughs> I then turned even again. Terrell Pryor was fantasy relevant they as a quarterback for a couple of weeks with the Raiders as a quarterback, which uh, rookie always does. Yes. Almost always, at least he will be productive. Yeah. Spaghetti, give us one more uh, Zaxville's hot take. You just brought up uh, Murray. I actually just watched him recording this today on Wednesday, March 20th. I just watched uh, Dwayne Hassan's pro day and I've watched a lot of Dwayne Hassan's in Ohio State. And I did watch a lot of Kyler Murray at Oklahoma, too. But and they're comparing him to like the Andrew Luck in terms of smartness and his arm ability. He's like six, three, six, four. He's a big body guy. Even if he ends up with, you know, if it's the Giants, the Raiders, the Redskins, a couple of teams, Dolphins potentially might hurt him a bit. But I think like uh, team, not even notwithstanding, I think he's could, he could surpass Lux numbers. Luck threw 23 touchdowns his rookie year. Maybe not break Baker Mayfield's rookie record, but I think he's the better rookie to come out of this class. And I'll even go as far to say he's better than next year with Herbert and two as well. Big, Ooh. big into Haskins. I will say, well, that's now you that's think, bold. Uh, I'll give you mine. Let me yeah, get, yeah, let yeah. me give you mine yeah. here. I will say that again, trying to play into the themes that have been established uh, during this DDFP. I'm going to go with Evan Ingram as a top five tight end option this year. He has to be for them to be successful. It doesn't mean that they're going to be successful, yep. but if they are, he's got. It's going to be predicated on play action and Eli hitting that seam and Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate are nice threats. And Golden Tate is not a burner. People keep saying they can't, like you did, that that uh, they don't have take the top off the defense guy, but. Golden Tate is not high-end speed 50 yards downfield, but he is 
uh, he is super duper quick at He's the line of scrimmage. Too. He's a good right. Well, that's what he is. is yep. He you get him the ball in space. If you get the, if Eli's getting the ball and pitching it out, uh, Julian Ed, uh, Brady to Edelman style kind of thing. The guy who is going to be the guy who's going to be working that seam is the uber athletic um, Evan Ingram. He just has to catch a break in terms of health. Doesn't mean that he will, but if he does, I say beware of Evan Ingram. Get, no, I, I agree with you there, especially if you look at the numbers he put up when OBJ was hurt at the end of last season. I mean, he was right up there in the top 10 among tight ends, but it's going to be interesting. And, you know, Eddie, clearly the, the Giants expert here. So Golden Tate ran 70% of his routes out of the slot last season between Detroit and Philadelphia. Uh, Shepard was at 58% and Ingram was at 40%. I know there's, I know there's okay. redundancy with that. But yeah. And Eli was, in terms of starting NFL quarterbacks, I believe he was 27th in terms of pass attempts to slot receivers. So something's got to change in 2019 because, I, and I get it, he had OBJ, so he's not throwing at the slot a whole heck of a lot. But are they going to move Shepard on the outside, Golden Tate on the outside, keep him on the inside in the interior? What are they going to do with Ingram? All right, well, listen. The only- are they going to trade Shepard? I mean, I don't know. The only thing you, listen, you're only limited by your own imagination, Fabs. And mm-hmm. I issue that message to the coaching staff of the Giants. Got to get creative. Men- Right, we've seen plenty with uh, Levy and Bell and uh, Ladanian Tomlinson and otherwise uh, flank them out and and pitch him the pitch your franchise guy now who is Saquon it, that create opportunities for him on the outside, put pressure on the defense by by splitting him out here and there, like they did last year a little bit. As a matter of fact, that's I mean you gotta we don't have the pieces. What are we supposed to do? Use what you have, right? Do, be, uh, be clever, right, Spaghetti? I think the answer is they tried Shepard on the outside in the perimeter last year. I think he's the guy that ends up moving there. They'll leave sure. Tate in the middle, and then Ingram is just like their toy to do whatever they want. There's still a draft, and there's yeah. still a draft to come. All right, great stuff, uh, Fabs. As always, for great me. catching up with you. Good luck to your UNC Tar Heels. I don't know. I got to be honest. Uh, let me – but man, I haven't had time to follow college. If they win, great, but I can't say that I've been a huge fan. It's hard, man. I mean, this man has four children. I only have one, and I don't know how how you do it because between work and picking them up from school and taking a guitar practice and baseball practice and coaching baseball, and this is just one. Well, you make – I don't have time to watch basketball anymore. This man has four children. when you you have that many, you make them – uh, take care of each other. You, you cast them all like you're in charge of him and, oh, man. and boy, you're in charge of her and her, you're in charge. Like that's how it goes. Anyway, great stuff, Fabs. Great stuff, Mike Garofolo. Great stuff, Eddie Spaghetti. And great job, you, for listening to the latest DDFP. Keep those ears coming. We like getting those little uh, those little ears. That, w- that went very well. Thanks, Czech Republic and uh, Handsome Devils and uh, all the other fan clubs out there. Of the DDFP, we'll be back next week with more hooey and applesauce for you. Until then, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.